This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you're well. Thank you so much for downloading this extra special download. We thought we'd give you an extra one this week because Paul Smith Jr. is in world title action this Saturday night against Tyrone Zeuger. He's going to Germany to hopefully bring back the WBA super middleweight crown. So, coming up on today's show... We talk about acting. I've always wanted to get into acting. You know, yeah. I, Did you do it when you were a kid, like at school and stuff ne- like that? Or not? Never. I've always said that I, I I would love to be an actor, but how do you know if you're going to be good at it unless you try it? Yeah, I've right. never had the opportunity to try it and, and to get involved in it. And we also had a little bit of a chat about Twitter and how many people he blocks. I reckon I reckon you've blocked. No, you want the blocks. I reckon maybe maybe Dad's about right. I reckon about two to three thousand. Where's the number? <laughs> <laughs> Just over three and a half. Three thousand six hundred and sixty-one on here and rising. And the world title shot that is polarizing fight fans. Does he deserve it? Does he not deserve it? Who cares? This is what Paul thinks. See yourself. See you in here, and all the other DJs in here. Your boss pulls you in and says, "Right, I don't I need you to work." 12-hour days, 14-hour days, non-stop for 12 weeks. I'm going to give you two week, two years' wages, but I need you to really graft. No, no breaks, no nothing. You need to work as hard as you can. Are you going to say, I don't deserve it, sorry, that DJ giving me? You know, it's, it's a no-brainer. Of course. I've got kids, a mortgage, bills, and I want to be world champion. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. This weekend coming, one of our favourite sons. He's in world title action again. Third time lucky, my friend. That's what we're saying. Third time lucky. It is, of course. Paul Smith Jr. is in the studio with me right now. How are you? You good? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. You? Yeah, you're looking well. And first of all, before we crack on, we actually have some serious boxing chat. I just want to say your beard game is looking really, <laughs> really good right now, my friend. That is, that is serious. It's it. I'm buzzing beards are in because I've had them for years where just out of laziness. I just don't like shaving. And uh, they're actually in now, so I'm okay. I'll get away with it. Are you a groomer or are you just, just let it all, no, all just, hang out? Just, I just let it all go if... Um, I reckon you've got some wax in that sunshine. I reckon, <laughs> no, I reckon you've taken good care of that. I've tried I've tried a few things. I've tried the old beard oil a couple of years ago uh, to stop me itching. But once it gets past a certain length, it stops itching anyway. So I'm sound now. You're on the telly, son. You've got to, you've got to keep it groomed, then. Oh, you've got to keep it good. Know. What about the little girl? Surely she has a tug on that, mate. She gives that a good pull, yeah, doesn't dad, she? Daddy's spiders. Yeah, she pulls them. And, Spikies. And, and, yeah, <laughs> daddy's spiders and pulls them and, and then asks me to tickle her chin and her spiders. <laughs> I better not say about a mum's spiders on it, you know. Do. <laughs> Listen, stay out, of, stay out of that, mate. Stay out of that. Um, contrast, actually, regarding beard talk, we'll, we'll go to the TV first of all because you've been doing a bit of acting recently. We all saw you on the. Yeah. We all saw you on the TV. We're a fantastic, fantastic, fantastic show. Uh, very poignant show, obviously for for this city. Um, first of all, how do you come about getting involved with that? And two. That was obviously beardless. You didn't have the beard on for that one, did you? Yeah, they had to, I was playing. I was playing a fella, forty-four, and um, so d- ten years, years ten years younger, ten years older than yeah, <laughs> ten years older than me. I'm ten years younger than him, obviously, as you said. And um, they, they said to me, you know, here's what he looks like, and I just seen his head straight away, and I thought, oh, I thought, yeah, I said, you're not putting me hair like that, are you? And he said, yeah. So that was fine, but I knew I was going to look bad or daft anyway. I wasn't bothered. I had the, I had the shiny DKMY suit on from about 1997. Um, and they said, we need to shave your face to make you hold. And I said, without, no, I'm not being big. I look younger when I have a shave because like, my ma loves me when I have a shave because she's a look about 21. <laughs> but 
I, I, um, all mums do, don't they? Yeah, they so hate I, it. Come I said, on, I, I will look younger, you know. And they said, It's okay, we need you clean shaven. So I had to have a shave there and then the makeup truck. And um, they said, Oh, yeah, you, are, you do look a little bit younger, but we're okay, we'll, we'll, we'll make up it and, and you'll be all right. But um, how it came about, I've, I've always wanted to get into acting. You know, yeah. I, Did you do it when you were a kid, like at school and stuff ne- like that? Or not? Never. I've always said I, I, I would love to be an actor, but how do you know if you're going to be good at it unless you try it? Yeah, I've right. never had the opportunity to try it and, and to get involved in it. And you know what it's like with, with boxing, it, it takes up all your time. And, and if I come round and start shouting, out, you know, I want to be an actor, you know, I am going to get the Mickey took out of me by a lot of people in the boxing fraternity, especially. And B, I don't want to be one of them fellas, you know, Freddie Flintoff amazing athlete amazing sportsman and what he did in cricket but he wants to be a professional boxer got a professional boxing license yeah. and stepped on a lot of toes doing it and I don't want to be one of them fellas just he's using... doing acting as well now isn't he is yeah he? yeah but I don't mean to be one of them fellas who just pushing people who've been to drama school acting school people who, who, who plug away and really graft at the acting game and then me just coming in because of something I do that's mm. not because of profile because of profile yeah because yeah. of profile and getting, getting a job that they m- may have got but the more I look into the actor and the more I've been around it and the people have been around, the actors, producers, direct, casting directors and that, there's not many people like me in acting and there's not many fellas similar to me. You know, with all due respect, the men aren't really manly men or don't have got a face like mine with loads of scars all over them. And, you know, there's only a few of that genre. The rest of them are all very capable actors, very good actors, you know, well-spoken and more would fit in any role, basically. There's only going to be a certain amount of roles for me, but I took my son to audition for the part of Reese, and um, he would have had to get a skinhead and all that, and in the end, he found a great little kid, um, little Sonny, who played yeah, Reese, fantastic, yeah. and he, he looks so much more like him. Um, and while I was there, the casting director, uh, Amy Hubbard, she's, she's very good, she's a lovely, lovely woman as well, she said, would you mind reading for me? And I was just sitting in the corner on my phone, just didn't want to interfere with my son and, and feel like I was pressuring him and because he's into that, isn't he? Your he lad's into it. Yeah, he, he he wants an agent and everything. I've got one. I've got one nearly sorted for him <laughs> and everything else. And he wants to do it full time. He loves anything like that. And um, I said, "Go on, I'll have a, I'll have a go." Yeah, but when he's filming, because I've I've got a fight in September. This was last August. Um, I had a fight on a Golovkin show in September, and uh, she auditioned me there and then. She said, "Great." So she took me details and went home. And the next day, she phoned me. She said, "Why didn't you tell me who you was?" I said, "I did. I told you my name and." Gave him my details, my email, my phone number, and that. He said, Why didn't you tell me you're a boxer? I said, Well, I didn't think it was relevant. You know, I don't really go around mm-hmm. saying that. And uh, she said, Leave it with me. I've got a I've got a part for you. I've just spoke to one of my friends who's an actor who, who knows you and he's your mate, and he's he's uh, he's told me you're auditioning, so leave it with me. She called me back and she had a better part for me, which I had to audition for. So I was in London fighting on the Kelbrook Golovkin show. Yeah. And she came down to London with her assistant and to come, the fight. Come to my hotel room the morning after the fight, and I auditioned in the hotel room after the the fight. What I had done it before. I think That's the, mad. I think the fight went five rounds. I stopped him in the fifth round, and uh, the next morning I was flying out to Vegas. Well, LA. I went to LA first before uh, for Liam's fight yeah, yeah, yeah. against um, Canelo. And she auditioned me in the room on, on, on the camera and she said, great, that, that's fine. There was, there was a couple of roles that I auditioned for, but she, she had me in mind for the one that I ended up playing. And uh, I loved it. It was great. I met some some brilliant people and just being around them them actors, they they were they were the, the, the no, they were the best. They proper job in it. Yeah, Steven's no, proper man. No, he's, he's, serious. he's so good. But I brought them all the fight. They um, they asked me could I get some tickets for the fight that was on a uh, Bellu Flores. Yeah. And I was working it for Sky and I said that I'll sort it out for you. And and I brought, I think I got them ten tickets um, 
for, for Stephen Graham, yeah, a few yeah. of the other actors, young Paddy and, and, and a few of the other, other young lads, and uh, the the producer, uh, Quadjo, who's a great fella. And the best thing about it, what they did was they, they took a chance on non-actors. Mm. And as I said at the start of this this conversation, you know, how am I going to know if I'm going to be good at it unless I get the chance? And that's the same with, with little Paddy Rowan and that, who, play, mm. who played Mercy, who's done absolutely brilliant, who's now full into it and, and will probably stay in that line of work. But I am, um, you know, we I think we all dream about getting your big break and becoming a, a Hollywood star, don't you? You know, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to be involved in in the acting industry anyway. It's it's something that that I've always had in the back of my mind that I'd like to do, but I never tried it. So now I have, I've got a bit of a taste for it. And there was actually an audition for um for Lucky Man, um yeah. James Nesbitt, yeah, 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 as a professional boxer to play a boxer for the new series that's out just yeah, now, yeah, and I knocked it back. So the, the, he said to me, "Why, why don't you just go and audition for it?" I said, "What if I turn up to that audition and I don't get the, the <laughs> part hilarious. of a professional boxer? That's hilarious. And I am a boxer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What actor is going to do that job better than me? Not with all due respect, none, because there's not going to be yeah, any, yeah, yeah. any other professional boxers auditioning for it. And imagine you give it to some actor on you know who who, who can't box and they knock a proper boxer back. So that couldn't really." I know you have to deal with rejection on um, auditions and acting. You know you'll probably get five percent of the, the gigs you go for. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not. Um, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not reading for a professional boxer to to not get it. No <laughs> way. I, I don't think I, could, I don't think even I could live with that rejection. What was? And listen, you're vocal on social media, yeah. And I love your social media. You and Dave Colwell should go into uh, some type of business together. Uh, to organise how you react to people that uh, get involved with you. Now, I've spoken to Bell you about this. We spoke to Pricey on the show recently about this. Just the just the way that people converse with boxers on social media has me in hysterics. It's like you'd never say this to certain people's faces. You'd just do it via your keyboard. Now, did you get abuse from acting? Because you get a, you, you, you get a bad rap as a as a from your boxing fans. But did you get anything for, for, for not, from the acting side of stuff? Nothing, but I, I don't see it because I, I've got, my block list is absolutely... It's a thing now, and it's to get blocked by I've, you. I've got more block than, than than the whole people who are abusing me. I've got followers. I think <laughs> I've always said I'd love to know how many you can, you can see on your profile. I'd love to know how many I've blocked. And Twitter have only now released the fact that you can't see how many I've right, blocked. Okay. And if you go on your, your, your settings... It's actually in there, and I was I was laughing my head off because I said to my dad and that, how many do you reckon then? And they were like, got to at least be a thousand or something. And I was saying, no, I think it's a bit more, you know. And I how, actually, how, how, before well, there, I there's me, there's me phone. How many do you think yourself? Of how many's following you at this moment? Uh, under nod, I don't know. Right, under early, early under thousands, yeah. So I reckon, I reckon you've blocked. No, you want to block? I reckon maybe, maybe your dad's about right. I reckon about two to three thousand. Where's the number? <laughs> <laughs> Just over three and a half. Three thousand six hundred and sixty-one on air and rising, but uh, that's why I don't see it. You know, I, I have people having a go at me, and, and I, I'm, I've, I'm of that attitude that you've got. You know, if you're not going to say it to me face, why say it on there? You yeah. know, and, and it's not like being the big hard man. I'm not exactly going to slap you or punch you or something if you do say something to me. But at least I can converse with you and debate with you and say, well, why do you think that? You know, or, or do you think you get more of it because you do respond? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and and I, and I shouldn't respond, but then I think, what's the point in having social media? It's social media. Yeah, it's, good point. It's to be so. It's it's to talk to to good people, and I do neglect a lot of good people. I hate the word fans. I can't stand you know 
you've got to be on a on a on a top level to say your fans. And I, I hate that. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, know, yeah. I know I've got fans out there who, who admire me boxing and you know, a couple of will admire me as, as a person as well, but it, it's the boxing fans and good boxing fans, I do like conversing with them and interacting with yeah, them. Yeah. They're, they're great. But I do more of that at shows. When I'm at shows, anyone will tell you, you know, I, I stand talking to anyone and I never get any bother at shows. No one ever comes over and says, Right, you blocked me last week because I said this and it never happens, literally, not once. I've had a couple saying, uh, can I have a picture, please? Yeah, no problem, of course you can. I've never said no to a picture. Got a picture, and then after the picture, you blocked me on Twitter about two years ago, you know, all of a sudden, I said, why didn't you say before before I took the picture? You know, or, or, you know, he said, it was it was not bad. Like, I said, okay, sand, and just, just shake the hand and walk away, because I don't know what it's over, but I don't want to really get into it. But it's, I am of that attitude. If you're not going to say it to me in person, don't say it on it, and that's probably why I bite, but... I shouldn't bite, but half the people that I'm, I'm talking with, you know, I'm, I'm not Einstein, I'm not, I'm not educated, but I'd like to think I was pretty intelligent. But half the people that I'm arguing with, they're on it. I've got two brain cells to rub together. Do you get more for fighting for being a pundit? Well, you just said that acting's out the window. So oh, which, the which one do you get more? Great. Okay, you, you, you know, I, won't, I can't swear on here. You, you're terrible as a boxer, but stick to the punditry, you're good at that. Or stick to commentating, you're good at that. And that's off like the worst. That's the point I was going to get to. Sorry, I've just I forgot again. Punch, getting punched in the head, but a couple of them have a go at me then on there and say I search my own name. Now you try searching Paul Smith first and foremost on Twitter. Must be a million of them. See how many posts you're going to get. How many any tweet any tweets. Now the reason that my block list so high is so I don't read it. I don't see it. Anything they write, I don't see. Yeah, yeah. So I go on social media or Twitter or something if I'm sitting in the house and I've got a spare hour away from the kids or half an hour or whatever it might be or. Like when I was in the passport office here, yeah, yeah. just sitting on. So I don't want to read all negative stuff. And I've blocked loads where I know I shouldn't have blocked them because they didn't really say anything. But they're tagging me and saying, I think Andre Ward's going to punch Paul Smith's head in. Now, fine, that's your opinion. But I don't need to read that the week of a, of a fight Absolutely. when I'm fighting him. Or Paul Smith fighting for the WBA title. How's he got a world title fight? I haven't really blocked many for that but when they're just giving a bit of abuse for not I think well what's I don't need to read that it's just negativity that I that I don't want they're don't, looking for a rise though a lot I, of people I don't they? sit in a cafe when I go and meet all my mates and I don't sit with negative people because they drain the life out of me so I sit with my mates and people who are like and my brothers and my family mm. and I wouldn't spend more time than needed to in, in the company of negative people so why should I read it on social media and again they say like it's, you search your name to see things I don't it's just someone will reply to something that someone's blocked yeah, and I'll see the bit of stick that they give me let's think well, let's block him as well because then I don't see it so I don't go on social media to read negativity I go on it to, to read the good stuff and to, to interact. interact with fans yeah because that's what it's there for and if any of the bad stuff then I'll just block it and it's gone so that's the main reason it's a filter that's the whole if you if you look up about blocking and mm. you can mute people now now muting and blocking is a filter and yeah. I've got a filter on my on my Twitter so I control what I see and at the end of the day, it's my social media. It's my account. No, I, absolutely. I, I see whatever I want to see on there, and I can react. I follow certain accounts on there because I want to see what they've got to say. I follow a lot of people back just out of mutual respect, you know. Yeah, who, yeah of course. Who, who give you the follow in the past, or just people that I like, so I follow them. Um, but I don't really want to see it. I follow Jeremy Corbyn. I don't really want to see everything he's saying mm. and his campaign at the minute. So he's busy on 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 Twitter, but I support Labour and I support Jeremy Corbyn. So I'm, I'm going to follow him on, on social media, but. Do you ever? It's yours, and you should be able to control it. No, absolutely. And that's all I do, and Abs- I get stick for it. But I'm not really bothered. That, 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 that's you, and that's your attitude, right? You've got you've got young kids. 
yeah. that, are, that are going to be participating in social media at some point in their lives. Obviously, your little girl's tiny, but your lad's of your an lad's age. Your lad's on, on Instagram. Right, okay, then, sound. And, so, and, and I had made it with him a few weeks ago because he, he made his profile unprivate. Right. Now, we let him post whatever he wants on it because it's private and it's only his friends and, or my friends or, or Janine's friends, my wife and family. And he went on private because he had about 2,000 friend requests on there where I've tagged him in things in the past or my brothers have tagged him in things. Yeah. And I think he was trying to show to his mates in school who had a Got couple 5, more. 5,000 mates I can, away. I can, I can get well more followers than you if I just go on private because some of his mates are, but that's his mates' parents' prerogative and my prerogative is no way. You know, you, you're too young. You're technically too young to have the Instagram account anyway, but mm. we, we manage it for and we look at it and make sure that nothing's on there. And... Um, so I made him delete it. I made him change it, delete it all. And um, he, he's changed his name now. It's very similar to mine. And he's just had a junior on the end of, of mine. And, and he's uh, it's confusing for like my wife and all when they're trying to tag me and things mm. or, or my dad or anyone. And a lot of people are, are liking his pictures, thinking they're mine or vice versa. But my, my thread with that was, does he see stuff that people send to you though? Is where I was he's going. Not, no, he's not on Twitter. So and he, he and doesn't get, see the stuff that you get. It's only Twitter. I don't get it on Instagram. The odd couple might, might comment something. Um, but again, like Instagram, I, I interact on Instagram as well. I, I do read some of the comments. I read a lot of the comments, to be honest with you. Um, as everyone does. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not at the stage where I get a thousand comments on every pitch and I can't read them. So I, I'll read through them. Um, that's another one again you're just voicing your opinions or you're putting pictures on of, of places you are where you, what you're doing or whatever else and I like I like that one better because it's probably less less aggro less hassle but again you know I've said time and time again and, and I sound like a broken record the minute I get home park the car up lock the door walk in the house and I put my key in the back of the door and I turn the key and mm. I lock the doors that's me it's and part. that's all I care about that's it so anything outside of that it doesn't matter to me. It's irrelevant to me. People's opinions who I don't know, I've never cared about. Mm. And, and I've never bothered. And it's not arrogant or, or ignorant. That's just the way you've been brought up. I just, yeah. It, it, you know, my mother's always said it to me. My wife said it to me years ago when I very first met her. You know, we, we, I think, um, you know, I was worried about, like, my wife's got twin girls. They're 16 now. They're, they're my daughters, Sophie and Chloe, and, and they're lovely kids. They're great kids. And, um, but, you know, it was like a big thing. I'd just met my wife. I was I was 20. Uh, 1920 and it's like instantly I had to become a dad basically because the twins were like well one mm. one and a bit but I wanted my wife so my wife came with the twins and that's it I've got a, I've got a family straight away and we're having a few problems and Janine used to sit, you know, sit down and tell me you know, I, I don't care about other people's opinions and, and why should you and I used to like want to please yeah. everyone at the time and trying to I've always said now since you know, trying to please everyone never works it doesn't work and I made the mistake in the past of trying to do that all the time, trying to keep everyone happy. You're never going to do it. Mm. So just keep the people that matter happy and the mm. people that are important to you. And, and be true to yourself. The people that are important to me and my family you know, and, and a couple of friends and, and that's it. You touched upon just the, in there, because we're obviously here to talk boxing as well as obviously you yeah. um, blocking everybody on Twitter, mate. <laughs> um, you've got a world title clash coming up this weekend, right? Yeah. Germany again, my friend. You're going to get residency out I know, there. I know. It's, it's again, the double-edged sword. You know, people having a go. Back to the social media stuff. Well, let's that. talk about that. Have right? you got this world title fight? I, I haven't. You know, I've boxed in Germany twice against one of their best fighters in Arthur Abraham, and I've, I felt I beat him the first time. It was a close fight, and they know who I am now. So this Tyrone Zoiger, the, the, the lad I'm fighting, he's a young world champion. Mm-hmm. He needs a test. He needs a defense. It's a voluntary defense, 
and he's chosen me. So I don't have to be sold to the German public because they know who I am. I don't have to be sold to the German boxing fraternity or German TV station because they've had me on the station twice before. They know who I am. And it's a voluntary fight. So if, when I win this belt, I'm going to have a voluntary defence as well. And all the people may not have heard of him and they may say he doesn't deserve the fight, but he's going to get the fight mm. because I want to fight him. Now, Tyrone Zoyga and Sowlands, the promoters, want me to fight over there against him. What am I meant to do? Say no. I don't deserve it. Sorry, give it to them. Give it to the lad who's number four in the rankings instead of me who's number five. I've got a bit of stick over the rankings as well because the WBA put me in at number five in the world and I wasn't in the ones the month before. Um, and, you know, they don't understand how the, how the rankings were. I fought for the WBO title. So when I fought for the WBO title, I went out of every other rankings because that's what happens. My brother Callum's mandatory for the WBC title. So the minute he, he gets that fight, he'll be out of all the other rankings. Now, that's not to say he's not good enough to be in them. That's how governing bodies work. And if you win a European title, an EBU belt, you instantly become top 10 mm-hmm. in the WBC because it's a WBC belt. Again, not many people will know that, but that's how it works. A British title and a Commonwealth title will put you higher in the WBC rankings than it will in any of the others. Certain promoters have allegiances to certain organisations, yep. WBO, W... Again, all stuff that people behind the scenes won't really see. So for me to fight for that title, I have to be top 15. Now, they've known that I've been good enough to be top 15, but they've not, they haven't put me in them because I've never asked. My manager's never lobbied and my promoter's never lobbied. Every year they have a convention and that's what it's for. The promoters go there and they hand flyers out of fighters with the picture on, with the record on, which, with what the plans are going to be. Please put him in your rankings. We want to be we want to be eligible to fight for your title instead of the WBO or the WBC or whatever it is, and that's how they work. And then the ratings committee sit round to say, right, where can we put him? Is he better than him? Is he better than him? Now people might be saying I'm a bit high in the rankings. I'm, I think I'm above Abraham, who obviously beat me, and he did. He beat me fair and square in the second fight, but I believe I beat him in the first fight. So a couple of places here and there doesn't bother me. It wouldn't bother me if I was 15, as mm. long as I'm in the rankings and I can have this title fight. It's done. Now, the WBA decided to put me there, but I get backlash for that. And then I said, again, it's like one of the fellas who who, who are having a go. Say he works on a building site. Say yourself, say you're in here, and all the other DJs in here. And the, your boss pulls you in and says, right, Adam, I need you to work 12-hour days, 14-hour days, non-stop for 12 weeks. And I'm going to give you two week, two years' wages, but I need you to really graft. You know, no breaks, no nothing. You need to work as hard as you can. Are you going to say... I don't deserve it, sorry, that DJ giving me. You know, it's it's a no-brainer. Of course. I've got kids, a mortgage, bills, and I want to be world champion. I've been offered a world title fight, and there's not a chance on earth that I'm saying no to it. Mm -hmm. Does Germany intimidate you again after uh, the first time? After, obviously, the Arthur Abraham fight, like you just said, you believe you won, I believe you won. There's a lot of people that I speak to believe that you won. Yeah. You didn't get the decision. No, it was a, it was it was a seven five fight to me, six all or seven five to him. You know, seven rounds to five, okay. or six rounds each. I believe. I believe I won seven rounds to five. I'll, I'll, I'll never change on that, and I've watched it back so many times. But I said before the fight, Jamie Lee won't intimidate because I think they'll score it fairly. They'll see what they what they see. I also knew the rounds that I'd win, I'd win well, and the rounds that he won, he'd probably he'd nick, he'd steal. Um, by, by working in the last 30 seconds very well which is what he does Abraham but I thought it'll be it'll be clear cut and clear enough to score which I believe it wasn't like, and that's why I kicked up so much of a fuss but then one judge give a, a card of 11 rounds to one to Abraham and I just thought you know there's no there's no way whatsoever it was that the other two were a bit closer but still still wide for me 
And um, I just felt on the, on the day, you know, I had no chance. I, I'd lost before I got in there. And, and that's how it was over. But that doesn't change your mentality going into the Joyga fight? No, not at all. But then the second time, I believe it scored fairly. It was yeah. probably probably 8-4 to him and, and he, won this, he won the fight. He, he, he was better on the night. But again, you know, this time I'm, I'm trying to stay as positive as I can as I can and I'm not thinking about scoring but I am going to fight in a way that I don't hopefully won't let it get to the cards mm. um, you know Zoyga's young inexperienced and he's on a tear and he's probably going to be thinking oh this is coming out fight I suppose isn't yeah, it you know what I mean definitely and, and, and a good yardstick see if he can do a better job than Abraham and you know uh, English opponents exposure over in Britain which which they all want the Germans. Of they, course. they want to be seen in Britain and, and in America because that's where all the action is now at the minute in Britain. Um, but the faults that he's got, I can capitalise on 100%. And the, the the good stuff that he does as well, he's very similar to me in mm. a way. You know, he, he's not the best in the world. He's He does what he does well. And he's young and he's fit. But I believe the young, the youngness and, and the... the Naivety, inexperienced, and a little bit naive. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll play against him. In, in the fact, well, I've got to make a play against him. I've got to old man him. Mm. I've got to old man him out of the fight and and, and make don't, him make him do things. You can't say old man. You're younger than me, mate. Don't be. Don't be talking <laughs> about that, old that's, man. That, that's boxing. You, know, <laughs> you see fighters, and, and it's an old saying in boxing. You know, he was old man out of the fight with yeah. just little tricks and little little manoeuvres here and there just to, to put someone where you want them and, and, and ring craft. And I've got to use every bit of experience I've got. To combat the fitness and the freshness and the young, the young and the, the, you know, the the greenness of him basically because he's going to be, as I said, a bit inexperienced, but he's going to be right up for it because mm. it's in, it is, it is world title defence. Um, Do you look at this as your last chance to Yeah, very much. But you know, I looked at the Ward fighters as last chance. I looked at the Abraham fighters as last chance. I always mm. do. Um, I don't want to lose fights and. You know, I, I want to be world champion, and I've said time and again, I think we've we're in a we're in a crazy position, me and my brothers, that we could all be world champions, the four of us, and I need to do it to sort of put my notch on, on that on that belt for, for the four of us because I think Callum will do it in September, Liam's already done it, and we'll do it again, and Stephen's got a great chance of doing it as well because again, you know, the WBA the WBA routes open for him with Carales uh, and and. Eddie and, and Joe really pushing for him to, to get this world title fight as well. Um, Liverpool want us to fight at Anfield. We've had a meeting with them and they want next us, year, isn't it? They want us at Anfield in May next year. Uh, we couldn't do it this year because of the pitch being relayed for the first time. And me and Liam went to the Arsenal game and we had a little a little chat in there with them. Uh, and another club have had a meeting with Eddie as well down in London. So mm. to, to to discuss this uh, big show at Anfield, but they want the four of us at, at Anfield. Um, and it's probably better that it will be next year because we obviously haven't got a world title to fight for this May. Uh, we didn't have one. Yep. Um, so Liam will have the rematch with Williams if if he signs for it. Uh, Callum obviously Darrell and Stephen hopefully will get the world title fight as well. And, and fingers crossed that's the four of us or all world champions. So that's the main reason why you know I, apart from achieving my own personal goal, mm. my, my own dream, you know I need to win it to. To keep up with the lads, of course, mate. You know what I mean. Christmas dinner won't be the same unless if they're all <laughs> bragging. You've got to you've got to have your own little bit of trinket to uh, to be chatting about on this journey because the journey's been amazing, right? You've just mentioned your brothers there, British champions, fantastic what's achieved there, and you're all obviously going for now world title, uh, world title honours. 
Have you, at any point, with your fights against Arthur Abraham and what happened against Andre Ward, have you ever thought about packing it in? Because you've got other avenues, as we talked about right at the start. You talked yeah. about punditry, talked about acting. Have you ever thought about calling yeah, it there? Yeah, 100% after the Ward fight. Um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't in a good place. You know, I, 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 had a, I had a lot of problems outside the ring, um, contractually. and Family-wise, it was great. You know, my wife was, was pregnant and, and due to have our Gracie and... Uh, she had Gracie at Fort Ward in June, and I remember just thinking, I've had enough. I've had enough at the camps. I'd, I'd had the operation on me on my elbow eight weeks or nine weeks before the ward fight, I think, maybe ten, because I, I remember having an eight, eight week train, eight weeks training for it because of my elbow. I, mm. I was on the beach in Marbella. I got a phone call. I think it was Eddie or maybe Joe. Um, listen, this ward fight's still on. Do you want it? Of course I do. No, I, I swore. Answers. <laughs> what, what do you think? And. Uh, he phoned me back the next day and he said, okay, listen, we can do it. Uh, it's going to have to be Oakland. It's going to have to be June. Um, but I think we can get it at the end of June. And um, we're just waiting for the WBA to see if it can be for the title or if he'll do super middleweight because he might be moving up to light heavy, which he obviously did. So he phoned me back and said, it's, it's not going to be for the title. So I was thinking, oh, okay, I'll, I'll do it. So as soon as I put the phone down, I phoned um, the surgeon to... to bring my operation forward and I had, to, I had to pay a few quid for it to get it done I went and got the operation um, like keyhole surgery on my elbow they had to remove spares mm. but were growing on, on the end of the bones on, on both and um, he showed me them after in the, in the tub it wasn't really nice but that recovers got in, got in camp and that, but I remember just the pain of it and all the injuries that, I was, that I've had over the years seemed to catch up with me and I remember thinking after it I don't really I don't really fancy this no more you know it, it's a bit much now I've had a good ride and, and I fell short of the world title um, relaxed, enjoyed Gracie, enjoyed Gracie coming along and, and, and the first three or four months with that, but then I, I got bored and I got I got I got itchy knuckles and I'm sitting in the house watching everyone train, everyone go to the gym, watching everyone on, on the on the social media, my brothers especially and it's them I, I owe I owe a lot to my brothers, you know, they they've they've got me through a lot in boxing, got me through a lot of hard camps, a lot of hard training sessions and, and they they've made me more hungry to to, to mm. box and to win and to succeed to to, to be part of, of that group you know as as individuals we're all good fighters but as a group it, it's never heard of and it's never been heard of and I don't think it'll be done again um, you see a few three three brothers and a few you know duos McDonald's and, and the likes but you never see four daft enough to box and we, not we, to the level that you're talking about now that's it you always see with brothers there's there's one very very good and there's one pretty yeah. pretty you know, average or below or, or never as good and, and we've got four four well being bigger than four good fights. We've all, all, all reached world title fights. Yeah. Oh, and Liam won one and, and Callum can and I can and, and Stephen still can and it's sort of it is unheard of, especially from, from this country. Um but it's just a crazy situation and we don't really see the magnitude of it and we won't until we retire because we're not the type of people to sort of rest on models and I've always said the minute you believe your own hype, you know that's when you get chinned or you you get flattened and the wheels come off. So it, it's I think we'll feel very proud when we when we all retire when we look back in in ten, fifteen, twenty years. I still look at the likes of Andy Oligan and Shane Airy as like gods to me. You know they, they, when I was yeah. growing up, I learned so much from 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 Andy, and I used to sit on the wall outside Everton Park Sports Centre and wait for John Ireland to come out and bring me in to watch Jimmy Neri and and. All the local lads who, who were starting out at the time, and Gary Lockett come up and trained up here, and 
And it, it it's a weird one because you, you feel they're always on a pedestal for you and that you'll, yeah. ne- you'll never surpass them, but achievements-wise, we probably have. And Mate, that's, a, that's what that's what's weird about I that. Think, and, Andy won the British twice. I think I've won the British twice now. Well, if you look at the city in general, last week we were talking about this on the show, the last 18 months has been fantastic for Liverpool as a city, boxing-wise. But if you look at the what could happen over the next six months, it, it's it's phenomenal. You've got yourself, you've got your brother Callum, um, and I'm going to class Paul Butler as a scouter as well, being mm. Ellesmere Port. We'll chuck him in there as well. But that's three world title fights there. Then you've got uh, Liam. Depending on what the WBO do, whether they upgrade it or whatever, that could potentially be a world title fight or maybe yeah. one away from Cotto for a world title fight. You've got Bellew maybe fighting for a heavyweight title at the mm. back end of the year. We're talking five there, mate, in the yeah. space of six months, which is ridiculous. And who knows, if Stephen gets a phone call from Jazreel Cor- Corrales, yeah. that's six. It's it's not. I've said that. I know if... If we're counting Butler in there um, as the region, mate, you, I, are, you have to. Yeah, you've got to put if it. If we're counting Butler, it, in it'll there kick off if we as, don't. As a region, then we we've on, we'd only had two world champions um, as a city from Liverpool until Butler won his, and then Liam. Yeah, yeah. And now Scousers only from was, from from Liverpool. It was only years, it was only it? ever Hodkinson and, and Con, obviously Conti. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Twenty three years between that and your brother Liam. Yeah, and and then Liam. So for the first for, for the actual city was was Liam, but then Bellew straight away, and we've equaled what took twenty three years mm. and had only ever been done in in twelve months. Now, if you add Butler to that, there's three. So we've already surpassed mm. what happened twenty three years ago and and, and before that. And now there's four or five world champions, and there could be another four or five. But we just need to make sure that it's done. And and, and the, it was different back then in the seventies and eighties with with Conte and Hodgkinson, obviously. But a world title is a world title, and we're doing it, and we're winning them. And and you know, Bellew winning the cruiserweight title could hopefully possibly win the heavyweight title. Liam could be two-time world champion himself. I'm laughing just at the chat. Think of it. It is. It's crazy, isn't it? It is it, absolutely. Bonkers. It is. But it shows what we're. What we're doing as a city, and I've always said, success breeds success. Mm. And and once one can do it, you think, well, like, hang on, I can do that then, because it's not unrealistic. Yeah, yeah. It helps as well that you're all coming from Rotunda and places like that. Yeah. You've all kind of grown up with each other, and like you've just yeah. said there, that success breeds success. Yeah. You see in the gate, well, he, he's a world champ. Mm. He come from same gym as me, same streets as me. Let's crack on and, and really have a go at it. Yeah, it, it's great. And as I said, you know, KB had Hodgkinson and Conti, and the Rotunda have got. Liam and Bellew. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Bellew started off at, at Stockbridge, but he had like three, or, two or three fights for them, and then and then came to the Thunder, and he learned to stay at the Thunder through through Jimmy and Warmsley and all, all the rest that were there. Um, I better name them all because they're all okay. <laughs> Mick, Mick, Mick McAllister, Duke, Wiggy, Warbo, you know, all all the, all the coaches at the Thunder are all, all spot on, and we we still train there all the time you know Tuesday Thursdays we, we, we go down there ourselves we've got our, our academy base there and it's as you say two world champions straight away mm. I've fought for two world titles Stephen's fought for two world titles mm. Callum's going to be fighting for titles you know it, it's that little little group that we had that and it's still producing champions now you know we had we had a, ch- a champion uh, a week ago maybe two weeks ago young Paul out of the gym he, he started when I brought my lad down for the first time. I used to take him on the pads because I walked in the gym with my lad, sent him over, and again, I'm, I'm not one of them pushy dads. When he used to play football, all, all I'd ask him is, is he having a good time? Mm. Yeah. You enjoying yourself? Yeah. Here's a drink. Go on. Go and listen to the coach because I can't teach you football. I don't, I'd be teaching you bad habits. I'm terrible. But in a boxing gym, I walked in and thought, right, I'm not interfering because I'm not. 
not putting any pressure on the coaches or anything else while I'm sitting here professional box at the back so put him in took his jacket give him his gloves I'd done his bandages in the house um, first ever session in the rotunda as an amateur and he was wrapped up like a pro with his, <laughs> with his hands perfect and uh, the coach looked at me and said what are you doing and I thought they must have changed the rules where your parents can't watch now I said what well, I'm sitting here he said get your jacket off and give us a hand will you said, get up what are you sitting at the back for you know you might as well get involved son yeah you might as well come and spread some knowledge while you're here so yeah. I ended up training the kids for a while and, and, and taking a couple of them on the pads and one of them young lads who, who was sitting on the pads anyway to, to get to the point just won the national title wicked first year of entering so it's still breeding success the, the club and um, the clubs are, are key to, to, to everything you know we always say about like tech sessions in the gym. You can't teach a kid bad habits from the from the first day, otherwise they'll stick with them until. Yeah, it's, yeah. I've got habits now that I that I got into when I was eleven. Bad habits in footwork or whatever else, and just little things, but they stick. And so many years on, they're still there. So if you're teaching kids correctly and you're teaching them how to box and they're watching other lads winning in a couple of years above them, then they've always got role models to look up to, and they've always got goals to achieve. And mm. when they do achieve them. You know, it can be at the highest level as has been proved with Liam and Value and hopefully with the others. And yourself. Uh, Fingers crossed. On Saturday, mate, as we hopefully uh, grab the uh, super middleweight uh, WBA version of this uh, this title. On the super middleweight, currently, because again, this is another thing I've spoke about. You mentioned it slightly earlier. Britain is booming at this moment in time for yeah. boxing, but there's certain weight divisions that are booming more than others. And I'd say the super middleweights are right in there. Yeah, You've got your younger brother. You've got James, who's obviously world champ. George has just picked up world champ. Hopefully yourself picking up world mm. champ. Callum picking up world yeah. champ. You know what I mean? How do you see the landscape of that super middleweight division? Where are they all at? How do you rank them? Who's the boys in this division? I think it's great. Obviously, I'm going to... I think Callum is above them all, but he's yet to prove it. So my opinion is just going to be seen as a biased big brother who's just saying that because it's his brother. But I see what Callum does every day. I've been in the ring with the other two, so I know he'll beat them. I spar Callum all the time, and I know it's only sparring. But it's a weird one, sparring Callum, because I don't get that adrenaline that you get when you fight, and I'm sure he doesn't. So mm. every shot hurts. Mm. It's like... It's a calmness it's, about it's, it. It's my kid, brother, I'm boxing with. I've got no adrenaline. I don't want to hurt him. I'm, it's, not a fear, it's not a fear factor where it's like a fight, mm. because it's my kid, brother. So the shots seem to hurt a little bit more, and it might be the same for him. It, it, it's a weird one. Um but I know the ability levels Callum's got. He sparred with George Groves as well. George knows his ability levels. Um, James DeGale, I've seen an article. To, you know, um, He's had an operation, hasn't he? Having a little read, yeah, he's had an operation. and He mentioned in, in that article um, that he was willing to box Callum Smith at 60% because he felt he would have won. And I think he's in for a rude awakening if that's his... I hope that's just trying to gold Callum into a future fight because if, if that's his attitude and that's what he thinks, he's going he's gonna to get a hell of a shock because, mm. you know, Callum at 60% I'll be confident with, with, with James Gale. He's, he's perfectly made for him. And with all due respect, Gale is probably the number one in the division. But you, you lost your last fight, in my opinion. And a lot of other people's opinion, it wasn't a draw. I, I had Jack winning, a lot of other people did. And the best thing that could have happened for James DeGale. And I, again, I'm not really slagging him off. I just didn't like what I read in that in that article about Callum. I'm not slagging him off. But the money draw in that fight, if Callum wins this WBC belt, is Callum. Because he's the young star. He's just he's turned down a lot of money to fight James DeGale to go and win his own title, which he wanted to do. Now, if he sits at that table, the percentage-wise is, is mm. not anywhere near what, what James DeGale thinks it'll be. You know, I think 
I think the girls have the attitude that he can oh, give Callum a payday. He's a nice lad. You know, Callum's just threw it right back in his face. I don't want your charity. I'll go and win this belt and I'll I'll give you it. Mm. And I think that that'll be the case. But to say he'll beat Callum at sixty percent is, is is an insult, and it's also very surprising if that's your attitude, especially after the Jack fight. Mm. You know, and, and listen, he beat me. It was two thousand and ten. I'm not even. I'm not. It's not even about me. This this is this is world level, and this is your world title fight. Our fight was a British title fight years ago, so that's in the past, and it and it's gone. But your last fight, you're only as good as your last fight, and he was poor. And Callum's been blasting to everyone, everyone that has been, and no one's really given him a test yet, or even challenged them properly yet. And I feel it do the same to Darrell, win the title, and then he'll be the star of the, the division. George Grove's done great against Shudanov. Thought he'd done absolutely brilliant. I, I, I thought he was done. I thought he had two rounds left in him, mm. and he may have had two rounds left in him, but it worked for him. He, he put his eggs in one basket in the sixth. He went for it. He really hurt Shudanov, which I didn't think he could do, and he stopped him and he got him out today and, and fully deserved and. His interview after that fight was class and won a lot of fans, man. Because I've said this previously about him that he's one of them personalities, and I've never met him, but he's one of them personalities that I haven't been able to connect to or really buy into. And you buy into the personality first, and then the fighter. The end of that fight, with the way he spoke about Edward Goodenek, the way that he just spoke in general about getting the monkey off his back, I thought to myself, "Class, man, I'm in." Brilliant. And I watched it and I thought. I've always known deep down he's a nice lad, and I've, I've I've sent him a few messages and vice versa in the past. And you know, his missus is a nice woman, his dad and, and his family are all nice people. Every time I was working the Frotch Groves fights um, for Sky, and the family all, all came over and had to had to talk with me and that. And you know, they're, they're just the good people, I think. But he's had this persona for a few years, which has made him a lot of money. To mm. be honest with you, he got the Frotch fights on the back of it, he got the rematch on the back of it, and he's got a fan base because of it or a hate base, whatever you yeah, want to yeah, call yeah. it. People want to see him fight. Yeah. He, he's got it because of this persona that he's put on. But I, I know the persona isn't him. I think he's just. I think he's a nice lad. I think he's a bit of a geek. I think you know, similar to others. I raise pigeons. He's not much more geeky than that. I, I mean that as a compliment. I yeah, think yeah, he's yeah. just a nice lad who, who's just setting his ways, but. He's had to put this persona on, and for that interview after the fight, it dropped completely, and he just showed how happy he was that he won the world title, how relieved he was, how much empathy and sympathy he had for for, for Gutnick, who he injured in, mm. in the fight before, how much it's been playing on his mind. He's a new dad now. I didn't even know. Mm. Uh, they mentioned it on Sky. You know, he's private in his in his private life, and he kept that quiet. He, he kept the baby quiet, and it was just it was just really nice to watch. You know, as a, as a boxing fan, and listen, I've been in the ring with him. You know, I've, I've stood face to face with him and wanting to knock him out and wanting to flatten him and, and thinking bad thoughts of me at the bottom but I tell you what I felt so much admiration for him in the fight and more so after the fight mm, no absolutely man you mentioned slightly earlier about your academy which is uh, a thing that I wanted to talk to you about today because it's not uh, it's well you mentioned about working with your brothers and each egging each other on to achieve what you want to do personally but now you're giving something back you've set up your own it's not just boxing, is it? It's education, no, it's education as well. Yeah, education. explain what it is, man. What, 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 first, where's it come from? Why, why are you doing it, and, and what's the premise of it? I was approached by by a mate of mine I've known for a while. He, he used to be a coach at Liverpool Academy, and um, he's they're called Coaching Connections, and they they did it with football for so long, where you get fifteen to to nineteen year olds who come along and do the GCSEs or the B Tech or whatever it might be, and we employ teachers to teach them on that side, and mm. then for a couple of hours in the afternoon they do football training so they can learn to be not learn but better the game to be professional footballers I've always wanted to do something similar in boxing and in our gym in Bolton we train in Amir Khan's gym 
which is called now Amir Khan's Academy Academy or Gloves Academy or Gloves Community Centre, whatever. It's had that many names, but they do something very similar. And uh, they go there and they do the school work in the day in the office in the back, in the classroom in the back. And then they come down to the gym later on and they do a session later on. And we've always thought, you know, what if we can teach kids out of box? We'll train them. And the kids we've got now are, are internationals. We've got like we've got three England internationals on there, and a few more that want to sign up in September for the, for the start of the new school year. So this year's only really been a trial. We mm. haven't got we, we've got a full classroom coming in September for the new season. But we had we had nine that left their own academy to join uh, their own schools or, or college or academies to join ours and, and to be trained. And two of them, as I said, were, were England internationals. Two of the girls out of there. Uh, Liv and Chloe, they've just won national mm. titles again. And um You're hands on with it as well, aren't you? Yeah, we, one, one of us try and get there all the time, but obviously like with this with with the last few fights, yeah, it's yeah. been difficult because we've been on the same shows and like this one I haven't been I haven't been down for a while. We went to the to the Academy Open yeah, and yeah. take what we had the other week. But apart from that, you know, I've been in camp so I'm out and um Liam's just thought so he's been getting stuck in a little bit Callum's in training for, for, for the fight as well so he's going to be a little bit less there now but we try and make sure at least one of them are there but what we've done is we've employed John Warburton who I mentioned earlier mm. our, our old coach who's been an England coach who's, who's a quality coach and he's in charge of it so he's the coach with us when we go and Jed Starkey who, yeah. who's been running the, running the Rotunda for a long time now again one of the first people to box at the Rotunda in, in the early 70s. I'm showing his age saying that, but, you know, great fella, very good with, with the kids and, and putting the work in. And they're getting taught the basics and the fundamentals of, of boxing the way we were taught, exactly the way we were taught. And I've always said I wouldn't do the Smith Academy unless I had the people that taught us doing it because yeah, it's, yeah. Our, it's our methods, it's our way, it, it's our name on your shirt. And we want to teach it properly. You know, we're not churning out rubbish. As Stephen said that, you know, in another word, you know, we can't be be, be chaining out bad. We need to do it properly and, and do a good job of it and let the kids go away feeling like they've learned something every day. You and could just do, I mean, the, the idea could have just been the sport, but yeah. you've, you've coupled it with education. Yeah, well, you need you need that education. And again, another story from school, me and me and Stephen both exactly the same boat. We had this teacher in school. And listen, he was a nice fella, to be honest with you. He was a science teacher. I won't mention his name, but um, he was okay. Um, in sixth form, I stayed on in sixth form. I done well in school. I'm not your stereotypical boxer who, who, who they like getting that point. Oh, I was expelled from school. Or no, no, from no. School. Like Neither Stephen. To be fair, I mean he sat Steven's here doing maths. He did a maths test with me. And he was unbelievable. He's very clever, Stephen. And and I'd like to say similar. You know, we're, we're, we're clever in in different ways. I'll sit and beat. Him. I'll probably beat him on any general, general knowledge quiz, music quiz, anything like that. He's very good with numbers. He'll blow His maths is unreal. He'll blow me out the water with numbers and everything else. I'm more more better on the English side and the science side of things and everything else. But my point is we got stuck in in school. And it was my mother always said, you know, if you mess around in, in school, you won't go to the gym. I remember mm. going in the gym once and, and Albo saying to me, where are you going, Charlie? He used to call me Cheeky Charlie. I said, I want to get changed. He said, nah, your mum's been on the phone. You've been messing around in school. See you later. See you Wednesday. This was Monday. I walked home crying, thinking... Why have you done that? I walked in, fuming. She said, "I told you to do it. You know, you ever messing around in school? You're not going to gym." So we got all our, our exams and we got all our GCSEs and 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 
as I said, we got stuck in the school. No, um, and do you use that method that your mum just used there with these kids? Like, if you're messing about in the classroom, you don't said, get yeah, to do this? Yeah, we've said loads of times to them, you've got to get stuck into both, but I do it more with my son now, and it <laughs> frustrates me so much because I see the things my dad used to shout at me for, my mum, and he's exactly like We me, all do it, man. It burns me out because I think you just... He, he looks like his mum and he acts so much like me and my daughter's the opposite she looks so much like yeah, me she does, she's yeah. just one fussy 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 little baby who just knows what she wants exactly like my wife and um, it's weird that we've got two but well, exactly opposite but the teacher anyway he said to me one day in sixth form Steve listen you're falling behind you know, and he, you don't have to make a choice like this boxing's not going to work for you anyway you know pick boxing or school I said no I'm okay say that you know I'll do it don't make me don't make me choose, please. I'd just been to Sardinia boxing for young England, that's what it was, under 19s. And I don't think he was happy at the time I was taken off to do it, but I'm representing my country. Of course. It's not like I'm, I'm going to play darts for the for the local boozer, you know. I was boxing for England in, in a multi nations tournament in Italy. Opportunities that I'd never get. And, and I was obviously good at it because I'm, I'm being chosen to, to, to box for England. I was number one under 19 at the time. And I was in a team with the likes of Matt, Matthew Macklin, Darren Barker, and, and, and all the others, you know who all went on to, to be top pros and, and he said to me, No, you know, this boxing's all all this messing around, you know, you need to uh, you need to pick now boxing or school. I said, I don't need to pick. I said, I don't want to pick. I'm okay, I'll do both. I'll I'll, I'll make sure to do the work. He said, Now nah, you're gonna have to pick. And I remember just taking my tie off and just giving the tie and walked out and and it done me head in because I wanted to stay in school, I wanted to get stuck in there. And he done the same to Stephen three years later in sixth form. You know, make your pick, make your choice. You need to pick now. And he said, "I don't, I don't want to. Please don't make me pick." And he did. Now we've been back to school about six times since to do assemblies, and they've asked us back to do presentations and give prizes out and all that. And the school's great, and we've got a lot of time for the school. They want a pair of shorts off each of us to put in the reception, and they've got pictures of us up still and all that. And uh, first ever time I boxed for England was the schoolboys in South Africa, nineteen ninety eight, and. England Schoolboy Association skint. They always are. They always mm. have been. And uh, we had to raise £500 to go ourselves. So my dad my dad was going to sort him, and my dad's mate was going to give me it as well. But the school sent me a letter. They gave me £250, and the Parents Association gave me £250 as wow. well to do it. The school were great. That's my point. This teacher's never been in when we've been back. He's Every single time we've gone in to do a presentation, he's still at the school. <laughs> but I'm sure he takes sickies every time we go. And, and I, I want to see him just to shake his hand because I, he was a he was a good fella. As I said, he, he was he was a decent fella. He was a good teacher. Um, and I maybe admire, give you a I little bit of a teachers. bit between your teeth. Yeah, I had, I had, listen, I admire teachers. They've got a hard job. And, and the, the best advice I've ever been given in my life was off my teacher, my, my, my form teacher. And I remember, I remember sitting down to maybe messing around in, in, in class, and I, I done something stupid. And um, she sat me down. I remember, like, I was near, you know, it was really, really made me think about. It. She said, "Listen, every action has a consequence. Everything you do in life has a consequence, and you need to always remember that." And it stuck with me since 1997. Mm. That's when it was, and it, it's it's always stuck with me. I've always tried to remember that everything you do, it's got an it's got a consequence. Just think about what you're doing. Mm. And choices you're making, you know, you have to make the right choices. And she, uh, Mrs. Be- Miss Beard, the name was my PE teacher, and my, for- and my form teacher. She was again, she was great, and it's just always stuck in my mind since. And uh, school was st- school was good, but we're trying to do that with the academy. We're trying to make sure that they get stuck in in, in the class, get get your marks. I, we've been in schools and give talks, and and I can't stand these kids who are at the back sitting there like slouching, snarling, and and like too cool for this and too good for this. And, you're not going to be too good for this when you're signing on. You can't get a job because you haven't got 
and education. You've got it in there, but you're not willing to mm. to, to, to stretch your brain and to work and actually put the work in because you think it's not cool to, to, to be decent in school or to just get stuck in. Half my mates in school used to smoke on the dinner breaks. I didn't, so I wouldn't have me dinner with them. So I'd have me dinner with all the lads who were two, three years older than me were all into the footy. Mates that I've still got now. If they when they left school, all my mates in school were all the girls. So I used to sit with all the all the birds at dinner time and then have a chat with them because my mates were sagging or, or smoking mm. or, or doing different stuff. And in the end I used to just sit in the P the PE teachers office with them, have me have me dinner with them. They were sound fellas, they were nice. They used to give me if I was fighting on a Friday, they would they, they make sure I didn't do PE. They, they let me sit out and sit in the corner, rest it up. Uh, yeah, and it was great because I'd, I'd have a fight that night. But we try and instill that in the academy. And I think manners. I can't stand kids with bad manners. Whether you think it's cool to not say please or thank yeah, yeah, you, yeah. and I just think it's just it's not it's not cool. It's just it's just so it's not just, just boxing. It's not boxing skills. It's, every, it's, it's life skills. Like, yeah, we, we're trying to just teach them. You know, first we, and foremost, the boxing and the education side of things. But just just be a decent person. Good you know, members of society, man. If, if they're looking at us for. You know, the four of us have got good manners and good models because we've been brought up right and you have to get past that stigma of well I'm hard I don't do that I'm hard I don't say please or mm. you know, I, I want to be hard or one of the lads so I won't do it it doesn't work you know, mm. it doesn't it doesn't work that way you can still do it and still get by as we as us four have no absolutely man just to finish how's this next 12 months playing out in the ring I can in the I can see, you know, there's there's a couple of scenarios, and fingers. I've always said, you know, people are asking me about about like Eubank, about Groves fighting him again. The WBA have said the winner out of both fights have to fight each other. So Groves has won his. If I win this, I have to fight Groves. But I'm not thinking that far ahead. Now, there's a big tournament coming up, and um, Osalans are putting on, and. I thought if Groves lost, he was going to go in it, but I think he's won, and I think he may go in it. So. Thinking ahead, which I don't really want to do, if Groves goes in that tournament, then the fight won't happen. But I've said time and again, I, I win this belt. I want, I want a massive fight. What like what Tony Bellew had with David Day. Mm. I want a massive, big paying fight. I'm, I want to end my career at Anfield next May. Finger, do you, do you fingers think, crossed with the last defense yeah, yeah. of the belt. Do you, do you do you find it amazing that boxing fans don't understand that this is a business at the end of the day yeah. and you're here to make a few quid? It baff, absolutely baffles I've me. Always, I've always said, yes, there's glory, right? Yeah. For example, Liam becomes world champion. Done now. I've been world champion. Now it's about dollar. Tony, now it, now it's about... Tony value, perfect example. There you go. He won the Cruiserweight title. Okay, so... Say... I can't even say an imaginary amount because they'll assume that it's right and it's not. But say, say if you get five hundred pounds for fighting for the cruiserweight belt in a defence, yep, you can go and get two thousand five hundred pounds or three thousand three thousand pounds or four thousand pounds or five thousand pounds fighting in a big heavyweight fight against David Day, depending on pay per view buys and depending on this. And again, that's not even like scaled down. That's can, just can I just say com- just to com- them convert those five hundred and five thousands to millions? All right, carry on. <laughs> no, it's just just like tiny. <laughs> they don't understand it, do they? They don't like get the money and the breakdown no. in fights. Everyone in my street thinks I'm a millionaire. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not a millionaire. Everyone in my street thinks I'm a millionaire because of the boxing. You don't get your money fighting for world titles. No, you get it defending them yeah. or having them big, big money fights. And now Tony Bell, you won the world title. I'm world champion. It doesn't get any better than that. It's done. That's top of the mountain stuff. I've always said again, this fight. I might retire in the ring. I don't know what I'm going to say or what I'm going to do if I win this fight, and I don't know how I'm going to act. But I know that 
you get your money and your defences. I know I'm signed up with options, but I'll have to fight him. I'll have to fight Abraham. I'll mm -hmm. have to fight Groves. I'll have to fight someone the Germans tell me to fight. But You've got the bargaining chip. There's also fights that can be made straight away. You know, Tony called up David Day as soon as he won the belt and had a, had a quick defence of it when he could have gone and tried to unify the division. But with all due respect, again, it is it is the glory. You've won a world title. Why do you want to go and win another one? You know, just to say that you've won two, it, it's... It's not going to. It's not going to pay your bills. And not even that. If you look at the yeah, if you look about that cruiserweight landscape, Usyk, great fighter. Yeah, not a big name. No man on the street don't know who he is. No one's going to know him exactly, and he's a, he's a nightmare. Yeah, he's absolutely. Nightmare. So why would you put yourself through that? That's what uh, again. It's like these these new wave of troll, a new wave of boxing critic. It's like fellas who go to restaurants just to slag it off. You're not going to enjoy the food. You're going to look for faults. Like food critics, you know, they're not boxing fans. Mm. A, they don't buy tickets anyway. They sit at home and watch it on an illegal stream or something. They don't even pay for the sky. Mm. And then they'll tweet you and say, I pay your wages. You know, last I looked, I was in there fighting as hard as I can for my wages. And they come from ticket sales and they come from sky revenue, which you haven't got. You're not watching it on a sky box. You're watching it on a different box and you're not, mm. or your laptop or something. And again, it's, it's back to this, but they don't, for, for, the way they act is if they're so knowledgeable for them to not actually get how the game works. And how, 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 you know, if you put them in that position, as I said at the start of the show, you know, with the, the the offer of a couple of years' wages or whatever it is, if I win this belt, I'm not looking at the likes of you know the number nine or number ten in, in the WBA rankings. You no one's heard of. I'm looking at the likes of if Golovkin beats Canelo, and wants to come up and fight for the super middleweight title, or Canelo wants to, fight, please, I'd, I'd love to fight you. I'd love to share the ring first and foremost, but the money that you're going to get for them type of fights. Of course. Fighting. Chris Eubank's sitting there, he's on ITV now, he's got a contract on ITV, but he's a name. So with the name, brings a lot of money. And the fact that he wants a world title fight will bring a lot of money. I said at the start again, you know, win the belt and have a defence against someone that no one may have heard of just to tide me over to May for Anfield because I'll need to fight Christmas time round about December to keep momentum, to keep active. After I've had a bit of a rest after this fight, that'll be... That'll be ideal timing for the next fight and then we could go into May then at Anfield with, with the other three brothers which is something that I, re I really want to do so the next 12 months is, is exciting but it's a business and it's all about it's all about you know I remember Tony Bell you saying it and a couple of others have used this saying go and try and pay your bills with a belt go and try and feed your kids with a belt it doesn't work the belts are worth exactly what they're made of mm. However much I think they cost about seven hundred quid or a grand or something to make it in, in the, well, the factory. That's the story, isn't it? It's the, the one belt, where you're telling your grandkids in the, years to come. It's the glory. And as I said again, people giving me stick for the Andre Ward fight. When I've got my grandkids in 30, 40 years' time and I'm sitting there as an owl fellow on the couch telling them stories, I'm not gonna tell them about when I boxed in, in the Emmy Arena on the undercard of Quig against some fellow who's with all due respect, I forgot his name. I boxed him less than well, six or eight months ago, and I yeah, forgot yeah. his name. <laughs> it's Branner's Lav or something it was. But I beat him. I'm going to sit there and say, when I was in America, I topped the bill in the States against Andre Ward, who went on to beat Kovalev once, maybe twice, and become the number one pound for pound fighter because Mayweather had retired. And he was an Olympic gold medalist. He hadn't lost a fight since he was 15. Yeah. And he, he won the light heavyweight championship. He's already won the super middleweight championship. And we went to Oakland and it, it was this, it was that. I topped the bill in, in, this, in Germany at the old 2 Arena in Berlin against Arthur Abraham after yeah. I felt I beat him. And if it, you're not going to talk about the little things, you're going to talk about They're the glory things. You know, so you've made me think, yeah, you just made me think about something there with Mike, Michael Jennings. He yeah, says, Cotto. I, I fought Cotto. Exactly. That's it. In Madison Square Garden. Yeah, man. 
I've I mean, never what? fought there. <laughs> he was in my gym yesterday. He brought a lad down sparring. Good guy, isn't it? And it's like, you fought Cotto. I'll leave him. I'll leave him. So 51, Liam Canelo. So 51,000 seats in the Dallas Cowboys Stadium. We were there. We was, Again, I was talking with Stephen yesterday. Um, the, we, were, we were watching the basketball, what, what was on recently, um, the Oakland Warriors. Yeah. Now, they won when I was there. And the, the, again, it was on the telly and it was the Oracle Stadium. The Oracle Arena, sorry. And Stephen said, you know, we were talking, they always talk about boxing venues and Liam's obviously steals it, steals it and, and is, is the best. But the best, like, boxing arena was the Oracle in, in Oakland. It was really? it was brilliant. I don't remember much of it. It was just all dark when I got there, you know. I didn't. What I remember was the smell of weed on the way to the ring <laughs> and the cannabis. I, I, honest to God, it was... I remember walking to the ring biggest fight in my life it's a pain relief mate you won't feel fighting it fighting Andy Ward and I remember walking thinking that smells strong whatever that is That that's some strong stuff whoever's smoking that and it, because it was indoors you're not used to it you don't you don't really be shouting all kinds to me but they're the memories that I've got that, yeah, that's yeah. the type the type of stuff I remember it just would have been nice if I'd have, if I'd have won it or, or you know it'd have been better circumstances but again but those stories are even sweeter if you your win belt, on Saturday yeah your belt exactly your belt is your glory you've been world champion that's after your name you know, when I'm working for Sky it'd be Paul Smith WBA world champion 2017 however long it may last but that's with you for good but then after that the, the, the goal is then I'm talking about grandkids I want yeah, yeah. the grandkids to come to a house what I've paid for with my career and my career is only going to be up until I'm 35. You want to be out second to Disneyland every year, man. That's what well, you want to want be doing, to, don't you? I want to just, you know, you want everyone, I want what everyone else wants, just a bit of security. So mm-hmm. after mortgage paid off and to be able to sit back and relax a little bit. Now, fellas are working on building sites and in offices and they can do that till the 50-odd, 60, when they have to retire and then they'll hopefully have earned enough to pay the house off. I can't fight after 35. That's the difference with, with boxing and... Again, back to the original point, people don't understand the business side of things and the breakdown. I got offered to fight Chavez and Eddie phoned me. What, his dad? <laughs> Eddie phoned don't me. Don't say that one. Don't Ed, say the dad. Say the junior one. He said, do you want to join um, Chavez? You know, they've been on. Do you want to go and fight him in Mexico? I said, I said listen, go on. I said, let me know how much, please. And that's obviously the first question. How much? Because if you get asked to go... It's got to be worth it. If you're a plaster and you get asked to rep- replaster someone's ceiling... The first thing you're going to think is, well, it's going to cost me, okay, I need this much for that job, is that okay? And then the, the, the client will say, yeah, how much is it going to cost me? Okay, that yeah, I'll yeah. book you in for next Tuesday. But that's how it works. It's it's earnings, it's wages, it's whatever the job is going to be. So I said, how much? And he phoned me back and the money they were off him was, was ridiculous. As I walked away after paying tax over there, after paying deductions and everything else with about £5,000. Wow. You know, after I'd paid everything out and it was dollars that what they were paying and it was helped. So we went back with, with a, a bigger offer than we would have accepted and he didn't even come back with a second offer and he got this German, this German into fight for I think $40,000, $50,000 and th- you can't compete with that. So on paper, this is another Chavez thing. has offered me a fight and I've, I've said no. Yeah, yeah. But it's not through fear or anything, it's just through the fact that the money that he would mm. offer me I'd earn more as a sparring partner for four weeks or someone. Well, this is it. And other people will be going, well, that's just for one night's work. Well, it's not. It's not. It's for a 12-week camp, mate. And you've got it, to pay your camp yeah. out. You've got to pay sparring partners. You've got to pay, you've got to pay your trainer. Yeah. Sparring partners at the minute, you know, some of them are charging under pounds a day. And they, they've got to come down from wherever they're living, mm. spend four nights with you. So you've got to pay their hotel. You've got to pay the breakfast, the dinner, the food. And if night. you're at world level, it's got to be elite. Yeah, and you, it's got to be a decent fight. You know, me and Callum went to France a few years ago sparring with Hassan Nadam. He was world champion at the time. He was fighting Kid Chocolate. And I'd sparred Kid Chocolate in the wild card. 
and I'd sold Callum. I think that's maybe why they asked us, but we went over and uh, I think we got a thousand euros each for the week. And they put us up in this little small village in, in France, in the north north of France. And Callum swears blind he will never go back to France because of it again, because it was the most boring <laughs> four or five days of his life. We f- we flew from Manchester to 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 Paris, um, and then we got driven an hour north to to where we were sparring. And all that was there was literally a to little, this monk's a little, retreat. Yeah, a little hotel, a subway, a church. And a big sports centre, a bit a big um, sports complex where we train every night. He wanted us there every night as well. He did a forty-five minute warm up every night, which we had to do with us. That was like a workout in itself, and just his little routine. But we did it, and we got a few quid for it, and we got a lot of experience from it. More importantly, mm. um, and he got us the, the the tunnel back on the train because we had to go back to London because Liam was fighting on the Saturday at the Hilton, the big oh, Hilton right, yeah, yeah. in in London on a show. So we went to watch him, and then we dove on, but. We've done it. That was a thousand euros for the week, you know, and that's that's about the rate what you have to pay. So by the time I'd paid everything out, and my trainer, tax, cuts, man, everything else like that, I'd have walked away with about three or four thousand pounds. And it's not for a night. It's not for a night's work. That's that's for twelve weeks' work. Mm. And at the end, it would have cost me a hell of a lot more than what it did. Whereas, it's a business and. People have to remember that, you know. It's not the, as glamorous as everybody thinks. No, nah, no way. Do you think you're obsessed with money or you, or you talk about money? But the first thing's first. You know, if you get offered the job, the first thing you have to do is say, how much will that job get me? That's what that's what it's got to be. Mm. And sometimes, as I say, glory will overrule it. The world title fights that I've had, the first one I wasn't happy with, with how much I got for it, but it was a world title fight. It's a fight that you couldn't say no to. Mm. Then the second one, the money went up because obviously what happened in the first one and I proved that, that I could be there. It was a rematch, it was a bigger venue and bigger, more expensive tickets and everything else. And it's all about opportunity and it's all about getting the most you can while you can because it's a short career. And that brings you back to the point where you said about thinking about retiring. I think about it often, but I think, you know, I was in Total Fitness last week and there's a fellow who goes in there and I think he's got a, a degenerative muscle disease in his legs or in his back or in his body. I'm not too sure because I don't really ask him. I say hello to him every time I see him. He's a lovely fellow. He says hello back and he's in the gym every day and he's so independent and he's on his, his it, it's like a, a frame where yeah, he's yeah. on wheels with a brake and he won't let anyone walk him in. He won't sit in a chair to wheel himself in. Uh, one arm works a lot better than the other one, obviously, and one leg works better than the other one. And he does a swim, he does all his lengths, and he, he walks up and down, so he's keeping himself mobile and active every day. And against all the odds, he's in that gym every day without fail. And you have to admire him so much for it. And I'm sitting, I'm running behind him on a treadmill, watching him through the glass windows, thinking, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm tired here. And I'm moaning at the fact that I've got to do me running and me sprints on the treadmill. And I'm watching him thinking, you know, Goes on. I'm I'm lucky to be able to do to do what I'm doing. I'm lucky to be in this position of being a professional athlete, and using my body to make money and to make me a living and to earn a living. And mm. my job, my primary job, is is boxing, which I've loved since I've been four or five years of age, and it's all I've ever wanted to do. And after I retire, I'm not ready to retire yet. But after I retire, I want to keep active because. It's so important to stay active and, and your life's more important than any, any job or any sport. But when you see things like that, you think, nah, I'm not ready yet. You know, you're a long time retired. That's another thing, you know. There's a few sayings when you're not, you know, you're no spring chicken. You have to, it's a young man's game and everything mm. else. But you're a long time retired. And I see so many fighters who have so many regrets when they retire and they end up making comebacks. And they're all ill-fated. They're all bad ideas. 
but they seem good in their head because they were good a few years ago. And I want to do enough now, so I never want to come back. I never have to come back, both financially and you know physically, and, and get the glory as well with this belt. We wish you all the best, Andy, man. Cheers, and thanks, mate. Third time lucky, bro. Definitely. Third time lucky. Third and last time. Promise me that you'll bring the belt in when you win it. Oh, straight away. Straight away. <laughs> I've always uh, I've all, I've had it, you know, been visualising so much on what I'm, what I'm going to do with it and, and, and what I'm going to do after the fight and everything else. And it's a it's a busy time. You know, I get home from, from Germany Sunday night, Monday morning, depending on what they do with me. And uh, Wednesday, I've, I go over to Ibiza for Stephen Stagg do. And I, I, I'm... Looking forward to it a lot. Have you had to organise that? You're best man, aren't you? That, this is what I mean with the fight. I'm best man, yeah, but I have, to be honest with you, but we're in a group chat with about 30 lads who were going. And all, I've never been to Ibiza. I DJ'd for You've years. You've never been I've to Ibiza? I've never been. I've, it's like never, you say, you used to spend half your days in the clubs, man, know, playing the tunes. You know what it is? I've never took a drug in my life. And there's a drug scene over there. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't appeal to me. I didn't want to go and, you know, be around all that. But I've loved the music for years, and, and all my mates used to DJ there. And I, I, I almost DJ there as well with the club I was with at the time. They had, yeah. a, they had a residency over there, and I thought I'll jump on, I'll have a go, you know, fly over for two days, come back. But it, the boxing's always been priority, and it's always took over. So how long are you out in the beef for? We're going for five days, and that, that's what I'm saying. I'm looking forward to it so much. It's going to be great. The lads, you are going to be the a lads. Cool we're going with a with the belt on, aren't you? Oh, no, yeah, it's, you are. No way. Yeah, you are. I you, can't. You're going to have your little like speedos on, sheds on. You're I've, going to have a Mr. T chain on there. That's like and the, the belt cringiness round. stuff on. on you are going to do it, aren't media you? are going to U-bank it. You're going to U-bank it, aren't you? Not listen. That could be the Ring magazine belt, and I wouldn't go anywhere with it on. You just, it's just some things you don't do, but. I'm just I'm not looking forward to five days drinking and and, and not being able to just you will sit if you're world champion watching the telly because I don't think I can handle it again mate, I'm no spring chicken. mate if you're world champion you'll enjoy that trust me <laughs> well we, we'll see we've got Dan and obviously get back and spend a bit of time with the family and then Stephen's wedding is on the 15th of July and it's my anniversary on the 16th of July so wicked man it's a, it's a exciting times after it as well nice nice relaxing times how's and, the and uh, family time how's the how's the speech for the uh, for the wedding oh event? I'm gonna ruin them. Because he, he was your best man, wasn't he? Yeah, and he done me. He, he oh, I can't even tell the story on radio what he done me. But I've got I put pictures on the other day of of the people laughing. Just, just he just rinsed you to pieces. Yeah, the the people. Ali, you know, I've just got it up on my phone to show you. But the people that were in hysterics at his speech on, on my wedding. Did he take you by surprise with how good he was? Yeah, but he had one story which he was a bit lenient with me. Because okay. he had one story who could have finished me right, proper. Right, 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 and right. Um, he didn't say it, to be honest with you. Uh, if Janine's listening, it, it wasn't that bad. But <laughs> it, um, it was a bad one. And he, it was just so embarrassing. He could have got me away. And he, to be fair, he never. And, but I told him before, I'll never speak to you again if if, if, if you say that out. You know, all my mother-in-law and my wife's family. But look at that top picture there of the faces on everyone laughing Jeez, at him. I've got a lot to live up to because his speech was great. And... The, I always the, say the, this. The, the picture at the bottom with you, you with your head in the hands is. I know. Uh, I'm, my head's bang on, on. on the table. I always say this. I'm, 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 I'm good at the TV stuff without being because I like it. I'm comfortable around the cameras. No problem. Speak of the devil. He's just he's phoning me phone now. <laughs> <for that. laughs> Stephen's phoning me phone now. But um, I, you know, I, I like the um, the TV stuff. But public speaking, standing up with a microphone. Where and you talking about a subject that isn't boxing. Yeah, I not boxing exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, I would say I couldn't be a stand-up comedian. They've got some... Well, you have to be on this night, man. That's what I mean. That's what's hard about it. So I'm, I'm very nervous about it. And I think part of me is just building them up to try and think that I, I've got loads on them. But 
he's been a good lad so there's there's not much I've got on him after hope something happens on the stag too make sure he's videoed make sure he's videoed oh, stick it online lad nice one Paul all the best at the weekend thanks Adam thank you good luck mate thank you for listening if you like what you heard subscribe via iTunes <laughs>